Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020 on Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Alicia Ramirez, arts and culture writer. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us. This is uh, the first time in about a year that we've had a new person join us here on Today on Broadway. Welcome. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. So since you are new here to not only Today on Broadway, to Broadway radio listeners in general, why don't you give us a real quick uh, background as to who you are, what you do, why you are somebody that we wanted to have here on the show. So I am Alicia Ramirez. I am a New York-based writer by way of Puerto Rico. I write essays, profiles, Q&As, and opinion pieces about Broadway and arts and culture in general. I write for Oprah Magazine, Zora by Medium, and Remezcla, and I have had the privilege of interviewing original cast members of Hamilton, Karen Levo and Katori Hall, among other fantastic Broadway artists. I love it. Thank you. So like, we are so excited to have you kind of uh, not only on the show today and maybe one other day this week, but into the future as well, as I think you're going to make what, what we do uh, a lot more interesting and bring a lot more perspectives that uh, Ashley and I and even James is when he jumps in that we don't have. So I'm very excited to have you as a part of our team. If you would like to support the team, you can head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right, Alicia, let's get into the news today. First up, on Tuesday, Second Stage announced a pair of additions to their 2021 theatrical schedule, in addition to confirming their current plan for the Broadway revival of Take Me Out, which is slated to begin performances on March 22nd, 2021. We learned about a couple of shows from some very high-profile playwrights. Following Take Me Out at the Helen Hayes Theater on Broadway, coming in the fall of 2021, will be a new work by Lynn Nottage, to be directed by her frequent collaborator, Kate Wariski. It is interesting to me, Alicia, that they didn't actually mm -hmm. mention the name of the show in the press yes, release. Yes, I noticed. Yeah, it was a little weird, but I had been hearing for a while, even before the pandemic hit, that the plan had been to bring Lynn Nottage's follow-up to Sweat to second stage. Now, this show is called Floyd's. Um, it's actually the second of three shows uh, that Nottage has planned that are all set in Reading, Pennsylvania. This show had its world premiere at the Guthrie out in Minnesota, actually almost uh, a year ago. It started mm -hmm. performances on July 27th, I think, of 2019. I and think it, so. Yeah, in it, Floyd runs a truck, uh, a truck stop sandwich shop that employs formerly incarcerated men, which this is not to be confused with the recently announced musical by Danye Arlove, Matt Gould, and Griffin Matthews, which has a similar plot, but is based on like a real-life food truck that employs incarcerated men. But anyway, I'm not sure why they chose not to name the show Alicia. There has been a little bit of online dust-up hullabaloo over the Guthrie run of this show, but I would be surprised if the show that Second Stage announced on Tuesday does not end up being Floyd's. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. I was so looking forward to seeing Intimate Apparel this spring at Lincoln Center, and I am constantly blown away by Lynn Nottage's work. Um, for example, Sweat, that captures so beautifully how people um, and how their work gives them identity and purpose. And I think that's something we've been grappling at this moment, yeah. and I'm really looking forward to learning how Lynn Nottage's upcoming play will challenge and redirect or affirm our perspectives as theatergoers. And also, 
it gives me some hope because it <laughs> it's opening date. It's deadline. It's it's realistic at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's a few other things I'm going to talk about here that I'm not as confident in terms of their their opening dates. But this is one that's set in the for the fall of 2021. So it, I would, I mean, knock on wood. I have talked to some friends and some producer friends very recently that said they think that fall 2021 is a more realistic reopening date. But at least this falls mm-hmm. in there. But I, I think that's really interesting. What you're talking about how sweat kind of looks at how what a person does for a living speaks about who they are in our society. And with a show like Floyd, since this is, it's not necessarily a sequel in like the idea that it's the same characters, but it's part of a a trilogy. This really does kind of takes that to the next level. We're not only talking about a place that somebody works in the sandwich shop, but it's who specifically gets to work. There is, is people who have been previously incarcerated. I think that's a really interesting theme. That's going to be a through line for both of these shows. But I also want to talk about the other show that they announced that I am a little bit more apprehensive uh, on in terms of the timing, (laughs) but this is a new play by Rajiv Joseph. He returns to second stage where a lot of his shows have played off Broadway. This newest work is called letters to Sarish. It is directed by May Adralis. The show will play the off Broadway, Tony Kaiser theater at a nondescript spring day. Uh, of 2021 and you know at least i had talked with james about how i was a bit nervous for second stage and how they would withstand the shutdown knowing how much money they invested in reopening the helen hayes as a broadway yeah. house but with shows like nottage and joseph i'm personally just really glad to know that they are actually planning for a future that they have a future to plan for and mm-hmm. it includes two really fantastic playwrights Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about some other theater news. Yesterday, the Williamstown Theater Festival announced that rehearsals and remote recording sessions had begun for four of the seven shows that will serve as their upcoming season in partnership with Audible. Again, we had previously discussed the fact that in lieu of an in-person season, uh, WTF and Audible were partnering to do audio dramas of the plays that were going to be a part of their season. and They would be released exclusively on Audible. So far in production, we've got Photograph 51 by Anna Ziegler, directed by Susan Stroman, uh, a world premiere of Animals, Animals by Stacey Osei-Kufour, directed by Whitney White, and the classic streetcar named Desire by Tennessee Williams, which will be directed by Robert O'Hara and is going to star Bobby Cannavale, Carly Gugino, and Audra McDonald. Now, what was also announced on Tuesday is who is going to be working on Shakina Nafax. Uh, I'm going to screw up the name of this one, I'm sure. Chunburi International Hotel and Butterfly Club. Joining Nafax in the cast will be Kate Bornstein, Annie Golden, Telly Leung, Jason Tam, and more. In total, the cast will feature nine actors of trans experience. That's the term that they used. Um, mm-hmm. And the exact release dates for all of these shows and... Uh, full casting and all the other information will be announced shortly. But uh, I I love the stuff that we always see that come out of Williamstown. At least it's always a great work, and so many of it, so many of the new shows always uh, end up being the really popular and kind of groundbreaking stuff that we see in New York. So while I yeah. wish Am that I they had been assuming that um, Bridges of Madison County originated there, um, I don't know if it did or not. I. I think it might have. It was one of them because uh, Elena Shadow did the out of town for 
for Bridges because Kelly O'Hara was pregnant. I remember that, but I don't remember where it was. But Williamstown does that does feel right to me. Okay. So um, I'm excited. I love yeah, me, me some. I love me some audio dramas. Um, and normally they're in like podcast form, but I'm super excited. In like Streetcar with Bobby Cannavale, Carly Gugino, and Audrey McDonald. Like, oh my goodness, that's so good. But <laughs> all right. Finally, in this section, we learned that a new animated musical film called Spellbound will be released in the fall of 2022. The film, which is set in a world of magic where a young girl must break the spell that has split her kingdom in two, will feature a score by frequent collaborators Alan Menken and Glenn Slater. Um, Alicia, I am significantly older than you are, but I have a feeling that for both of us, the music of Alan Menken, whether on stage or screen, is is very important to our developmental processes. Yes, I, I totally agree. I grew up listening to Alan Menken music. So this is something really close to me. I, you know, I think the, the difference is probably for, for you and me is like I like was around when Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast like first came out. And you're more like of the Tangled generation, which is no, which is no. great. Well, I mean, when they came out. Yeah, I, I was alive. Yeah, <laughs> you were alive. I I was a legal adult, so I don't want to hear okay. this. So there's, I was around for the releases of Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. You were like. 15 years away yeah yeah whatever (laughs) children um anyway let's move on to some covid related news yesterday it was announced that the small off-broadway playroom theater in times square has been forced to close due to the pandemic uh our own peter felicia's uh show uh played there in 28 or 2019 2019 i think Uh, that's where it played so we're sorry to hear about that unfortunately i think that we're going to see a lot more of this type of news uh, happen especially with the smaller theaters there's only i think this is only a 62 seat venue so lisa i think this is going to be something that we're going to have to see a lot more we're going to have to get used to um, as some of these places just can't withstand yeah, being dark for this places. long yeah um now i like i said i kind of anticipated this type of news but what i did not foresee is the news in this next story The stage over in London is reporting that offstage theater workers in the UK are being asked to sign contracts that will require them to repay employer furlough contributions from their wages once shows resume. Oh, wow. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Did not see that one coming. Mm -hmm. Furloughed workers currently receive 80% of their wages, which is up to 2,500 pounds, thanks to the UK government's job retention scheme. Uh Uh-huh. That's nice, isn't it? Good for them. Um, But beginning in August, employers who keep workers furloughed will have to pay their insurance and pension contributions. Then in September, they will be paying 10% of wages, followed by 20% in October. Um, I'm guessing, I think, and maybe John Schwab, uh, one of our favorite people over in the UK, can clarify that. I'm assuming what this means is that starting in September... 10% 10% of that 80% of their wages they're going to get is coming from their employer and then 20% in October. They're still getting the 80%, but it's just not all going to be coming from the government. Mm-hmm. Um, Joanna Town, who is the yeah. chair of the Association of Lighting Designers, said, quote, many members rely on overtime to survive as minimum rates are so low. Having been furloughed for so long already, the lack of overtime and now having to repay their furlough money means many are thinking that they will have to leave the industry to survive. Now, at least a week or so ago, maybe two weeks, um, we talked about a UK study that was also reported in the stage that indicated that up to a third mm-hmm. of all theater workers were thinking about leaving the industry altogether because of, of how the coronavirus pandemic has influenced everything that they were working on. And 
when you're forced to deal with these type of things, I honestly can't say that I blame them for at least thinking about it. Yeah, I agree. I have seen some social media accounts from Broadway performers, but I don't think we have had a comprehensive study done. I've only read from the Ensemblist a study Mm -hmm. saying folks who have either left New York or have stayed and whatnot. But this information would certainly be helpful to us as well. Yeah, I mean, and and I think there's a big question as to how many of those folks are going to return? You know, uh, I, I know a large number have left. They've gone to parents' house. They've gone to friends' houses. They've gone to in-laws. Mm-hmm. How many of them return is going to be a big deal. I mean, they've been some of them have been gone for four months. How long is their lease for? Um, that's going to make a you know a, a big impact on the community, especially when we're still not even halfway through uh, what a likely shutdown will be. But okay, let's talk about one at least semi coronavirus related story that doesn't make us sad. Yeah. um, (laughs) On August 1st, Jelani Aladdin, Laura Benanti, Daniel J. Watson Moore will lead a stars in the house reading of Lydia R. Diamond's Stick Fly. At least I have been I've been watching a lot of online theater, but I'm a little ashamed to say that I haven't been watching much of the stars in the house readings. Have you been checking in with these things that Seth and James are doing during the shutdown or like what's your online theater consumption been like? I have not seen a reading just yet. I am excited for this one to be my first. However, my first Stars in the House episode featured cast members of Jagged Little Pill. Okay. It was Lauren Patton, Celia Rose Gooding, um, Catherine Gallagher, and Elizabeth Stanley. And one thing I really enjoyed was that each of them was asked to sing sections of songs from previous shows and Lauren Patton nailed them all. She was so good. What'd she sing? She sang from Fun Home. Oh, I didn't, was she in, was she an understudy in that or was she a replacement? Yes. I didn't know she, that. She was Emily Skeggs's understudy oh, and cool. then when Emily Skeggs departed the show temporarily, Lauren took over. I did not realize that. Very cool. Yes. And I am sad I did not get to see oh, I know. Lauren perform in Fun Home. Did she sing uh, Changing My Major to Joan? She sang sections of it. Very cool. I love that. I'll have to go back. I think they're still all available uh, on the Stars in the House website. So yes. I'll have to go check that out. But very cool. All right. So you can check that out. That's a great recommendation. I have two more recommendations for you. The first one is from Ethan Slater's a Broadway radio favorite. He released a new EP called Life is Wild, which is available to stream anywhere that you can get music. Um, all of the proceeds from the album go to protect native elders and the National Bail Fund. And if you head over to the show notes, you can click on the link that will uh, play the title track from the song. It's really good. And it's so interesting to me because we all kind of know him as SpongeBob and like to hear him mm-hmm. sing as Ethan. I mean, it's still his voice, but it is so interesting to hear like that different side of him. Good. And then finally, I love this last thing so much. Like I, I didn't know what to expect when I played this next thing, but it really made me laugh. It tickled me so much. So Wicked um, is doing this new project with ASCAP called Wicked Inspired Songs, where they're inviting songwriters to write new songs 
based on Wicked. They don't want you to like, it's not like the Hamilton mixtape where it's just like, hey, redo a song from the show. They want you to mm -hmm. write a completely new song. This first so one, cool. yeah, it's fantastic. This first one is by Rona Siddiqui and it features uh, former uh, Broadway Wicked alums, uh, Michael Kilgore, Giselle Jimenez, and Catherine Allison. And I, <laughs> just the name of the song is great. The song is called Token Goat Song. Um, hmm. And I'm guessing that's uh, a song that was written for Dr. Dillamond. And uh, what's cool about it is, is they filmed a video for it back in the before times, before everything was shut down. But it's really funny. It's really smart. It's uh, obviously plenty of, if you can tell by the name of the song, you know, very metaphorical for the fact that Michael is the only uh, plays the only goat in the show uh, really kind of translates well to a lot of the discussions that we're having now about mm -hmm. um, visibility and representation in theater. Uh, but it's a really good song, too. And so uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of of Giselle from her. Um, oh, what was the show she did? Yes, you like. Yeah, Hell, there it is. Daphne Rubin Vega. Yeah, the Daphne. Um, so I I'm a big fan of hers from there. So it's cool to see her. She played. um uh, 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 um, Nessa Rose. Nessa yeah. Rose. There we go. She played Nessa Rose on Broadway. So check this one out. It's a lot of fun, and I'm excited to see what the other songs are that they uh, they include in this series. Yeah, me too. Very cool. Well, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWB Matt. Alicia, where can people find you on social media? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at A Ramirez. Ramirez is R A M I R E Z. G-A-R-3-1. That's complicated. So one more time. Give me to, give me to me straight through. Sure. A Ramirez, G-A-R-3-1. Okay. Got it. On Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out eventually. We'll get used to it. And, uh, and so everyone go out and follow her. I'm so thankful that you uh, have joined us here. I'm looking forward to having you a part of the discussions that we have moving forward. I'm excited too. Awesome. Well, everybody have a wonderful Wednesday and we will be back to talk to you on Thursday. 